Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. Uh, I am the aforementioned John Millay. Usually you'd hear the voice of Jim Suhan as we start our show. Uh, that poor guy is down in Augusta covering the Masters, so we're going to have to soldier on without him. I bet there's more snow here than there is down there. Uh, <laughs> but in, without Jim, we've got a special guest here. I'm thrilled to welcome Dave Lee, longtime host of the Morning News on WCCO Radio, longtime TV play-by-play voice of the high school girls and boys state basketball tournaments. Dave now hosts a great podcast here on the Talk North Network called My First Concert. I've been on there as a guest of Dave's, uh, which was really fun. Dave, how are you today? I'm still thinking about Paul Revere and the Raiders in Iowa singing uh, <laughs> Kicks or Hungry. <laughs> that indeed was my first concert at the Clay County Fair in Spencer, Iowa. I think I think I was 10 years old and my my uh, Aunt Mary Jo took me and my friend Billy Boblett and and drove us over there in her uh, El Camino or whatever she was driving. And, <laughs> and we saw Paul Revere and the Raiders. So um, I, I had this idea to get you on here. Well, I've had it for a long time, but we had a couple of nice conversations during the basketball tournaments. And you were telling me about how you got your start in radio 50 years ago this year, which is uh, you're not old enough. You must have been four years old. I don't understand any of <laughs> Thank this. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate but that. <laughs> you've been doing it a long time. Um, take us back to the beginning when you were, you were 18 years old, right? Yeah, I was. Um, and, uh, I'm just sorry. I, I mentioned to you, John, before we were talking and, uh, one of the highlights of the state tournament, somebody asked me about that. And I said, it's talking everybody. We know you and I get to chat, oh, yeah. get to chat with security, with concession workers, with old coaches or former coaches and current coach, whatever. It's just a kick. So, yeah. But for me, um, I grew up, uh, you know, looking for part-time job or any kind of job I could find in a very small town on a good day, maybe 800 people in the town. But in North in North Dakota, name the it, town. It, Come on, Hatton, H-A-T-T-O-N. Everybody knows it's named after the third postmaster general of the United States. <laughs> of course, I don't, yeah. who doesn't the most know that? famous Hatton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you know, in high school, you we get jobs hoeing beets in the morning. So we'd jump in the back of a truck with other kids, drive to a field and hoe until it was too sunny for the beets. So then we're down about one, I think it was. And then at night uh, around dinner time, I'd get a call from Orphe or Earl to come out and pick potatoes and get paid by the sack. So you need two guys working a sack. And then you got paid. If you worked your rear end off, you got paid $2 an hour. So, uh, and then we bailed hay. And, uh, gosh, I mowed ditches. I Worked part-time at a sawmill uh, whenever they could use me. Chisel plowed next to an ABM manned site that housed anti-ballistic missiles designed to defend this country from the Soviet Union at the time. And then my my friend Deacon and I worked for a few weeks on the overnight shift at a potato factory. And that's where the job was miserable. But it was a job. And as you know, John, you did what yep. you needed to do. So we would drive 80 miles round trip to work midnight to 8. And I remember taking my lunch break one night by myself in my car, turning the radio on in the middle of the night. We weren't supposed to go out in our cars, but I just, you know, I had to get out of there. And I'm listening to this guy having a great time playing rock and roll and taking listeners calls. And he called himself, and you know this, the oh, All-American Aardvark. Triple A, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, and I thought, gosh, this guy's working the same hours I am, probably making significant more money and having a lot more fun. So at two or three in the morning, I thought, 
eh, maybe I should look into this. So uh, at that time, you had to get an FCC license. You don't anymore, which you needed to have to be on the air anywhere. And so I and then I got that and I went on to college to major in something completely different, as Monty Python once said. Yes. But so I'm 18. I start college. I need money. Uh, uh, and there was this radio station and my brother, uh, older brother was in that town and, and he was back from Vietnam and he started a business out up in Grand Forks. So he said, um, Hey, uh, there, there's a station I know, uh, in East Grand Forks, I think they have an opening for a weekend guy. So, well, I was hopping a car. I had no idea what it would take to be a disc jockey. I wanted to do sports, but so I got out there and they said, if you're any good, we'll put you on. The, we'll put you on this weekend from three to midnight. If you're any good, we hire you. If you're not, that, that's it. I said, oh, fair enough. And country music at the time, I, I you know, I didn't listen to Buck Owens and and Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash. It just wasn't, or, you know, Tennessee or '84. That wasn't my deal. But it was a job, so I went out there, and and uh, it was on the air that Sunday for nine hours playing country music, and I mean country and western music, a little different both, was both the, kinds. Oh boy. But, but I, uh, so that Monday I get a call from uh, the program director who was also the morning guy, a guy named Buffalo Bob Barino. And Bob said, okay, you're hired and I'm going to give you some advice. And I said, what is that? And he said, whiskey and cigarettes. And of course, John, I thought he was kidding. He wasn't. He said, it's going to rough up your voice and you'll have voice work the rest of your life. So I haven't stopped drinking or smoking in about 50 years. <laughs> I believe it. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you did not take that career advice. Good for you. No, Dave. I did not. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here you are. Um, and you know, every I think most everyone knows you from WCC, WCCO, and your days there. I'm sorry, I missed the first part of that. Yeah, uh, I think I think Dave. Most people know you from your days at WCCO Radio. Um, you were there. You know, did such so many great things for so long. Tell us about some memories there. And if you mention the name Sid Hartman, that's okay. We've, you and I have had many, many exciting chats about Sid while he was with us and now that he isn't, but yeah, you had, uh, you had a great, a great career there at WCCO. We all listened to you in the morning and, and, you know, one of those legendary radio stations in this country. And I know how much, how much pride you take and what you accomplished there. And what, what kind of memories do you take from those days? Well, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you, I, I would compare my journey a bit like a minor leaguer who uh, certainly wasn't uh, a bonus baby and just got a break and got a chance to play at the A level and the double A and the triple A because that first 1,000 watt radio station was, uh, a, you know, you're learning everything and it's all you know. So that's what you did. So by the time I got to CCO, it, it was a completely different deal. And uh, little did I know that someday I'd go from doing a high school game on scaffolding in wind and rain with no cover to <laughs> voting for the Heisman Trophy. So it was it was, it was uh, a fun journey. But so, you know, I kind of started out at the basics, which turned out to be good. And at CCO, then obviously you mentioned Sid and we became friends as much as you can with Sid sometimes, as you yeah. know. And yes. everybody at the, at the, sta uh, at the paper <laughs> knew that. Yeah, indeed. But he he uh, he introduced me to Bobby Knight, who I got to know well, and and many others. But one of my greatest memories, John, is when I was working the morning show, and he calls in, and Eric Eskel and I are doing it uh, the six forty that morning, and Eric's doing it, and I'm there as well. And Sid comes on, he says, "Hey, we say, you know, hey, Sid, the guy you feel is happiest for today is, you know, uh, at the time Kirby Puckett, like he had a good game. Eric led off with that, and he says, "Wait a minute." 
I got to tell you, last night I was at the greatest concert I've ever seen. It's the greatest performer I've seen in my whole life, and I've seen them all, from Sinatra to Carol Channing, but I've never seen somebody this good. So, you know, it's not going to be sports, and we can't wait to hear it. So he said, well, who was it? And he says, Engelprick Humperpink. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and we paused, oh. and uh, I uh, and we we're you know we're laughing. He says, "You you guys heard of him?" I said, "You kidding me? Who doesn't have a Humper Pink album at home?" <laughs> that that's and, the essential sin right there. Yeah, and he never yeah. you know we just rolled on, but yeah, he yeah we were we were together a long time. I remember um, you know. As you know, I mean, I, we were, I was used to film him for Twins Baseball in the, in the early to mid-90s. And Jer, uh, uh, Giambi um, yeah. was having uh, – Jason Giambi, wasn't it? Yeah, he was having yeah. a, a great year for Oakland for, before he went on to the Yankees. And I was down there doing the pregame show. And uh, so I he was did batting practice, and I was chatting with him. And he says uh, – I said, hey, you got time to do about three minutes with me? And he said, oh, gosh, yeah, let me finish hitting. And a lot of times, as you know, the big leaguers will say that, and then they'll big league you and not come back. Right. Exactly. So Sid sees me talking to him, and he comes over and says, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm doing the games tonight. He says, "Who are you? what are you waiting for? I said, Giambi. He's not going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, he said he would. He doesn't mean a word of that. Why would he talk to you? You can't do anything for his career. He's not going <laughs> to talk to you. And so then he pretty much put me down. And, of course, I knew Sid so well that I just rolled yeah. with it. He went to the other side of the field. I waited there. Giambi comes back, and I knew that he was a WWE fan. And I also knew that earlier in the week he had stolen home on kind of a double steal, accidental. But he's a big guy. He wasn't fast, so it was kind of fun to talk to him. And he was so we're laughing, we're joking, we're, he's having a great time. And Sid comes running over in the middle of the interview, sees it, puts his mic in his face, and, and oh, he wants course. the interview now. You know, Giambi sure, sure would And then after we get done, he says. I don't know why he talked to you, but so that was that, you know, that's how Sid was every day, but he was fun yeah. and he did a lot of good things for me. We had a lot of fun, traveled oh, a lot yeah. together. So it yeah, was, my, uh, it was good. My favorite Sid story. One of my favorite Sid stories. I, I don't know if I've told this one to you is also is the Metrodome. This one involves Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, Have boy. I told you this one? No, I was, no. I was fairly new at the paper. So this is like <laughs> early to mid nineties. Sure. And Sid just happened to be walking by while I was telling one of my coworkers on the sports desk that my two sons, I mean, they're now, you know, in their mid to late thirties, but they were little kids. They loved Ken Griffey Jr. Sid overheard me say that. And he stopped. He says, next time the Mariners in town, we're going to, we're going to get some autographs for you guys, you know, with Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Great Sid, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks later there in town, Sid says, meet me at the, at the, the media entrance, which I think that's what they called it. So my mom there with my two kids, it's like a weeknight game. Sid sticks his head out the door. Hey, hey, come on, let's go. <laughs> so the three of us are following Sid. We've never been through this entrance. We'd, you know, we'd gone through the, 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 the doors. We've gone in as fans, but we're, we're through a door. We're down a hall. Sid's, you know, Sid's, nobody's asking for a pass because they're with <laughs> Sid, the, the Sid rules, you know, sure. and, and down some more stairs, down a hallway, down a big flight of stairs. And now we're on the field. The twins are taking BP, and he's introducing my sons to Paul Molitor and Tom Kelly. My kids are shaking hands with everybody, and he's got this plan. He's got the twins team photographer all set where he's <laughs> going to have him take a photo 
of me, my two sons, Ken Griffey Jr. and Sid Hartman. This is this is the photo. He's got it all set. He's really going way out of his way for me. And we're down on the field. My kids, their eyes are as big as could be. This is before I'd ever covered Major League Baseball. I did, you know, for years later. But this is this is so cool. And the Mariners PR guy got wind of Sid's plan and basically came over, found him, and said, hey, you got to run that stuff past me. I don't have a problem with what you want to do, but you got to run that stuff past me. And Sid starts screaming at him, you know, just, oh, yeah, just sure. with the profanities are flying and I know your boss and I'm going to have your job. The guy just said next time run it. So there they are into it. The other guys hot headed, they're screaming back and forth. Me and my sons, we've brought our gloves. So we kind of slink away from the fight and go out to left field, hoping to catch some batting practice home runs. It's the greatest day of our lives. And then, you know, and he said also, by the way, found us, gave us tickets right in front of the press box, right behind home plate. So the game is getting ready to start. We find our seats. We're so happy. We can't believe it. And Sid comes down and finds us. He's distraught because he worked it out with the Mariners guy. The photo, the photographer was ready. Ken Griffey Jr. was, you know, right there on the field stretching. Sid couldn't find us. He oh, was, no. he was a wreck. So <laughs> he didn't, and he didn't know how to make it up to, I said, Sid, this is already the best day of our lives. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We saw you fight with the Mariners. I didn't say that, but so Sid goes into the, goes down to the twins clubhouse during a game, which the media is not allowed to do, went into areas down there where nobody's allowed to go and, you know, brought my son's two baseballs autographed by all the twins, players and coaches, media guides from both teams. And he, he, he was apologizing days later. That wow. this didn't I wish I could have found you guys. It'd have been a good picture for your Christmas card. You know, Sid would have been on our Christmas card. But you know, he, he would do so many great things for people and, and he was known as a cranky old guy, but uh and I've got yeah. I got a lot of cranky Sid stories. But yeah, that's that's one of my favorite Sid stories. My sons <laughs> and I we still talk about that sometimes. But let's go to the uh let's talk about the state <laughs> basketball tournaments, Dave. You, you do such a great job there. Uh, I never get to listen because I'm sitting about 10 feet away from you during those tournaments most of the yeah. time. But you, I know you enjoy that. You wouldn't do that if you didn't enjoy that. I know that much. And it's so great to to see you there. And, and what, what's what's the best part of that for you? I know you mentioned we, you and I, people like us, we get to see officials and coaches and fans. And what, what, Talk about what the enjoyment that gives you. When I was a, a little guy growing up in the aforementioned Hatton and – we, you know, there was no AAU. There was no video of other teams. Um, so you'd read about, in the paper, you read about a, a Lingenfelter. You read about a McHale. You'd read about an Oberding. You'd read about, you know, whoever. And then when the state tournament came around, either in Minnesota, and we always got the North Dakota and Minnesota ones, I, I couldn't wait. It meant spring was coming. You got to see these guys that you'd read about and heard about. Maybe you'd seen some in your own conference but that's about it. And it was just the biggest deal in the world. And it's hard uh, from the current generation to understand. I mean, we didn't have camera phones. We didn't have video. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have YouTube. That's really, you had the newspaper. And you nothing, if you're videotaping something back then, that, you, that was quite novel. Um, and uh, Unless somebody did it on 16 millimeter, and then it was just, you know, like an old Charlie Chaplin movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. But, so I just I couldn't wait as a kid. It was you know that transition to to springtime, and it was really an escape. We never went anywhere uh, on vacation. So for me, this was like 
kind of getting away. And I couldn't wait to see these towns that were, I, you know, were far away that I've never been to and never heard of perhaps. And boom, I saw them. And so, um, I watched that every year. I couldn't wait. And as a kid, I'd watch, I still remember, uh, Nestler's shot from St. James, uh, in the state tournament back at Odom in about 72 or three, when he made that long half court shot, uh, I remember seeing Oberding. I mean, you, those kind of memories were imprinted. So when, when, uh, I was approached here in town, uh, by KSTP and, and, uh, Mike Smith and Dennis Sylvan, some others, to, if I'd be interested in doing the TV tournaments, I, I, John, I said, no. And the reason I said no is because I was, I was, I, I was too nervous. Now here I'd done twins baseball. I mean, I, you know, we worked uh, really, you and I've had a chance to work with every sport. Right. And for some reason, the high school tournament, I just, as a kid, I was, it was the thing for me. And so when they asked, I said, no, no, uh, no, I, I couldn't do it. I, I just, I, you know, and, uh, so anyway, somewhere along the line, I we ran, I was at a game or a wild game or something. And, and the folks from KSTP were over there and they said, Hey, we're excited that you're going to do the games for us. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no. I said, and my wife turned to me and said, I thought you said no. I said, I thought I did too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I did them. And so Mike and Dennis and and that whole staff and Monica and everybody have just uh, been spectacular. And uh, it, it, so I, for me, it's just a childhood thing. You know, I, I honestly, I'm sure if they said, well, you know, there's no money involved, it wouldn't have mattered to me. It just was the fact to do it. So I, I was, uh, yeah, it was a neat deal. That's why, that's why I keep doing it. Uh, and I still love it. And I st still go in there with uh, this great enthusiasm. And, and, you know, John, as you know, covering it so well as you do, uh, there's, that's, it's so genuine. There's, you know, no NIL yet that I know of. And you're playing, for the most part, you're playing with kids you grew up with. And, and, uh, and, and doing the girls, the other part of that, if I can mention that, my mom was, uh, a teacher, uh, elementary principal, and she always, uh, when I was growing up, talked about the lack of opportunities for uh, girls in my class or my sister or people like that. And and she would just say that, you know, you have so many things to do, and I'm glad you're doing them, but the girls don't have that opportunity. And so when I had the chance to do the girls' games back, gosh, 50 years ago on the radio, or maybe it was 49 when they started, I can't remember, um, she said, why wouldn't you do that? This is, and so she had that in my mind and it was, and, and, uh, I just, she was, a, a she was ahead of her time. And, and, uh, so in her honor, I said, yeah, absolutely, mom, I, I'd love to do that. And I've been doing it for, you know, 50 years, I guess. So, and, but, so anyway, it, a labor of love, basically. It's, I, I'm with you and you and I both have been involved with professional sports from a media standpoint. And I completely get that in the high school world. It's just, it's so different. It's so pure. That's the word. You know, it's nobody's, nobody's coaches aren't getting paid very much to coach. We all know that officials aren't making a lot of money and the kids are out there to have fun with their buddies and, and there's nothing better than that. So no. And then when, um, and, and with the extracurricular, which you write about as well, remember the bands we had from Ada Bora oh, and from uh, yeah. New London Spicer and they had the oh, guitar players. Oh, so people great. would stay around at halftime. Yeah. To to listen to the bands. Yeah, I remember tweeting from Target Center one time, Purim, I think the Purim boys were playing, but it was between sessions. You know, we were getting ready to go into the night session, and this band from Purim was putting on a concert. 
and there weren't 200 people in there. Most of them were cleaning the, the bleachers, you know, and, and it was unbelievable. I was tweeting about it. I said, man, you guys better, better get down here to watch this game or at least watch it on TV. Cause this band is incredible. And yeah. There's so many parts of these tournaments that go beyond what happens on the court or on the field. And, it, it is really, really neat. Uh, let me remind people, this is the Talk North Network, where you'll find a whole bunch of great podcasts focused on all manner of sports and other topics, including, as we said earlier, my first concert with Dave Lee. Let's thank our sponsors here, uh, Pizza Barn in Princeton, our longtime sponsor, Jody Stay, and her tremendous crew up there. It, it, the weather is warming, believe it or not. Uh, the snow is melting, believe it or not. And the two Pizza Barn food trucks, they're going to be they're going to have another great year this week. You'll see food trucks from the Pizza Barn at the Culinary Career Fair at Hennepin Tech on Wednesday and at Quar the Quarry Church Easter Egg Hunt in Monticello on Saturday. Uh, the, the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton, they do so many great things. They raise money they, for different uh, uh, teams and, and projects in town, very community-centered uh, business there. As always, our great thanks to Jody Stay and everybody at the Pizza Barn for sponsoring our po podcast for, this is unbelievable, more than five years now. Thanks to uh, Jody and everybody at the Pizza Barn. We also want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Also want to let you know that a lot of people agree we need to lower our carbon footprint. They also agree we need reliable and affordable energy every minute of every day. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today that's ready to work alongside other energy sources. It's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on-site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the utility grid, and propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane. Renewable propane is compatible with traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all of our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. Now let's get to our tribute to girls wrestling. Hey, Dave, while we're talking, I'm going to mention a couple things. Uh, uh, I was down in uh, southeast Minnesota on Monday this week, believe it or not, to watch outdoor high school sports. There's wow. this little slice down there. They didn't get snow the last time or two. The rest of the state did. So on Monday, I went to a softball game at Dover Iota, a track wow. at, hosted by Plainview, Plainview, Elgin, Millville, and then a baseball game in Lake City. Uh, spent a few hours driving around down there. I saw very little snow. The fields are dry. It's cold. It was chilly. People were bundled up. But uh, it, it was great. So if anybody wants to read about my adventures uh, in, in the no snow zone of Minnesota in April, go to mshsl.org, scroll down to John's journal. Uh, when I got home last night, I sat down and, uh, and wrote that report. It, it was really fun uh, just just to see kids competing. And I talked to some coaches and some athletes. And and the, the, <laughs> the neatest thing for me, I guess neatest maybe isn't the right word, the baseball team from Pine Island that uh, played at Lake City. That was their first time on grass this spring. They'd been outdoors once on a parking lot to throw and 
hit a little bit. So that's what the conditions have been like. And I know people in the rest of the state are really hurting and there's more snow coming here. We're talking Tuesday afternoon, uh, especially up north. They're going to get another round of snow. Schools are closing early today, but we're going to get there. It's going to be a short spring season. It's not fair. This is Minnesota. We have to deal with it. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mention this week's most valuable teammate, this great, uh, program we have at the high school league to recognize kids who uh, it's not the most valuable player it's the most valuable teammate this week we're honoring Ryland Zannon she's a senior at Stillwater who participates in adapted soccer and adapted floor hockey and Ryland has been an inspirational leader for five years she greets her teammates with a smile helps everybody with their equipment motivates them to give their best effort, appreciates all the gifts her teammates bring every day. Uh, Ryland's leadership skills have earned her the admiration of all her coaches and teammates. Congrats to Ryland Zanon of Stillwater as our latest, most valuable teammate. Uh, Dave, uh, you and I have several things in common. We're small town guys. You're from a town of 800, Hatton, North Dakota, my hometown, Grettinger, Iowa, about 800 people. I tell Minnesotans, if you know where Fairmont and Jackson are, you need to slip across the international border into Iowa. About 40 <laughs> miles below that is where my hometown is. I was down there Saturday for my mom's 90th birthday party. Awesome. People, people, I, I bought an ad in the local weekly paper. I was emailing with the editor there, and I said, hey, I need to, I need to get an ad. We're setting up a card shower for my mom. And the lady at the paper thought I was making it up because she knows my mom. She said, your mom's not 90. She's 80, right? That's a typo. And she doesn't even look 80. I said, no, she's 90. My mom's in great health. But you talked about girls' sports. You know, in Iowa, girls have had sports basically since the 1920s when the rest of the country dropped girls' athletics because it was too much for the girls. Iowa never did. And they have a great history of girls' basketball. I grew up watching girls play six-on-six basketball, which I'm not going to try to describe it, but it's basically two three-on-three games. Nobody crosses the center line. You know, it stopped in the 80s, I think. And Because if you were a guard, you never took a shot. All you did was play defense and rebound and pass the ball to the other end of the court. So for, you know, college opportunities, that was the right thing to do. But we were talking, of course, we were down there on Saturday and the Iowa Hawkeyes women's team it was the big talk. I've got relatives who attended Iowa. My cousin Julie from Esterville, Iowa, played on a six-on-six state championship team in, about in, their, in their very early 80s, I think. So this is a sports-centric bunch, me and my relatives in Iowa. And they didn't, they didn't think it was funny when I joked. I said, you know, watching the Iowa women's basketball team in the NCAA tournament, they, they, at this point, they had made it to the championship game. I said, the only thing they could make it better is if it was six on six. And that did not get the response I thought it might. They, no, no, John, you're, you're dumb. That's not, that would not make it better. It's fine the way it is. But I think just talking about women's sports, I think that NCAA tournament, especially that run by Iowa and Caitlin Clark, that was such a phenomenal thing. And, and I know the TV ratings for the championship game were just were just blew things out of the water. I don't know how the men's championship game numbers are going to be. I haven't seen them yet. But that was, for people who love uh, to watch females in athletics, I just thought it was the greatest thing. And I, I bet you, you, you feel the same way. Well, uh, I would tell you, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball uh, uh, in our little hometown. 
And so I, uh, you know, I've always been addicted. Well, all sports, but baseball, particularly anyway, uh, the what I've found that I've really become very very tuned into in the in the uh, late spring is the women's national softball tournament college oh, yeah. NCAA. I, 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 it's quick, it's fun, it's fast, it's good, and and I played fast pitch, but I don't think that's why. I just think it's just the tempo and um, yeah. and the genuine excitement of the players. So yeah, that's uh, I've I've really gotten into that as well. You know, you mentioned. Um, Spring sports and being down to southern Minnesota, which I was driving through this weekend as well. Anyway, uh, we played one of our first state championship game. And now this is this would be the state uh, tournament, which would be late at the end of the school year, probably. Right. right. So late May, sure. maybe uh, not early June at that time, late May. Yeah. It was so cold at, at, at oh. that tournament that the water bucket was frozen. <laughs> That's challenge. That was the end of oh, May. Man. Oh, <laughs> don't even jinx us. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting. On Twitter, I see a lot of messages from coaches and athletic directors up north, you know, where there's another six six inches of snow falling. And they may be through some of those places. They may be, even if the weather gets nice and warm, they may be three weeks away. And, and, was, by, and you know, and our, our season ends, all our spring state tournaments, we're done in June. Yeah. You can't get out there till the 1st of May. I mean, you're never going to get all your games played. You're not going to come close. You're not going to get half of them. And, you know, and, and just practicing in the gym day after day after day, it's just got to be so frustrating. And, and I know we feel for everybody, but I don't know. You know, we, there's a lot of discussions what could be done moving some sports to the summer. To the summer, I don't see that as much of a possibility. People in Minnesota, coaches, families, administrators like to have some downtime in the summer. But yeah, it's just, I think it's just one of those things we have to deal with. Even if the water bucket freezes, it's. Okay. That was funny. You know, that's when we all drank out of the same ladle (laughs) on the same galvanized water bucket. Of course we did. Yeah. But that reminds me too, when I was doing high school football games and I'd get there early and uh, maybe sit on scaffolding or whatever, the press boxes were in many cases, you know, ad hoc. It's just, you know, oh, sit here on this thing. But I remember going to a game and I think it was in East Grand Forks, the Green Wave, I think, were. I believe that's what the game was, but it had snowed and we had to clean the field off. So before I did the game, you know, grab a shovel, get down yes. here, let's go. And so I'm out there cleaning the field before the broadcast. Oh man. And, but you, you loved it. You really did. Yeah. Yep. I've been on, I've been on those scaffolds and, and it's sitting at the top of the bleachers, freezing and getting wet, but trying to get your, uh, do your work and cover these games. And yeah. We're lucky people, Dave uh, Lee, to be able to be involved in the world of high school sports and, I'm lucky to consider you a good friend, and it's good to see you at the tournaments. And I'll tell you where you and I are really lucky. We are both grandparents, and we like yeah. that a lot. Isn't that the the greatest thing in the world? Oh man, it's uh, you know you don't. I don't think I don't know. I didn't think about it, John, until it happened. And when it happened, yeah. it was just a whole new ball Same. game. And I remember yeah. my wife saying one time, "I'm too young to be a, a as she calls herself a glamour." <laughs> yes, and uh, that took about uh, oh you know. 30 seconds in when we first saw that, that first grandchild, it is, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Every other, every other grandparent I knew had said, you're not going to believe it. It's the greatest. And I'm like, Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's every, you know, (laughs) most of us become grandparents at some point, but until you're right, until that happens, you have no concept. And uh, you have, you have local grandkids. I have California grandkids advantage Dave there. So good, good for you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's cool. Uh, Yeah. And I, 
Yeah. I, you know, I don't like to bring that up to you because I know that's 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 hard. I know how much you enjoy <laughs> that time out there when you get to see them. Yeah. We have six right here in town, which is oh, which is pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Well, let's yeah. wrap it up, Dave. Thanks a lot for joining us today. The special edition of preps today with John Malay. Thanks to our, our friend Dave Lee for sharing so many great stories and memories and experiences. And uh, we will talk to everybody again next week. Thank you.